everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And my voice just cracked like five levels high. Anyways, uh, today we're hopping off uh, what was my planned topic. So um, my joke with my patrons has been like, I'm entering the disaster era of my podcast. Um, just because I've been like, I, as I've shared in those episodes and I will in upcoming ones, and today's episode kind of touches on some of the ones that will be coming up a little bit. So you might hear some similar things later. Um, but I've been, uh, like I've just been a bit inundated for lack of another term. Uh, with some disasters that I've always found fascinating, and I've wanting been wanting to do some different episodes than uh the normal, and I had a blast doing the uh doing the um Titanic episodes. Um, so I've been working on and doing some preliminary research on some upcoming episodes. We're going to be looking at the 1916 Jersey Shore shark attacks at some point. Uh, the Russian submarine K-19, as well as um, the USS in Indianapolis sinking. Now, a lot of these do tangentially relate to uh, films and moments in pop culture. Uh, so I'm like, hey, those are adjacent enough to normally what I do. Um, but with those, because they are uh, they are real life things, I, I do want to treat them more seriously uh than i do than i do films uh or just off the cuff opinions or something like that where it's like hey this is less my opinion this is more i want to paint as accurate and truthful um picture as possible to what happened and yes i'll put in at times my opinion or whatnot but i try to really make it about the thing that happened and i don't want to do it off the cuff um so I've been working on some of those and I've been adjusting to some ADHD medications and all that. And it was just like, you know what? I'm a bit stressed with stuff. I, I kind of want to do an episode, but one I don't have to treat too seriously. Not that I'm not. I actually spent like the last, um, the last, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes getting my notes ready. Um, but I basically the idea hit a little bit ago to do it. I got my stuff collected and then I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to record. So if you can't tell by today's uh, title, we are looking at the Jaws sequels. Um, now, this episode uh, might springboard into some other ones. Originally, I was toying with the idea of doing a Jaws Unmade, but quite frankly, I cannot find enough information on abandoned versions of the sequels to, to justify a whole episode. Um, so we're going to be looking at the sequels that, uh, the sequels as they came out, um, some of the unmade treatments and, um, and their their impact and diminishing legacy to the original film, which I will always go to bat, bat for and say is borderline perfect. It's a fantastic film. It's held up. It's one I don't think that could be made today where, you know what? I, I used to be like very anti-Jaws remake. 
I'm curious to see what it would be like, just because I don't think you could do that original film today. Um, heck, the entire second hour is three dudes on a boat talking. And yes, some stuff happens, but it rackets up tension and stuff, but it's not like an action thing happening every five minutes. So I'm curious to see how Jaws could be made in a modern setting, because uh, I don't think that original film, as it was, could be made today. So I used to be very stringently against it. Now I'm just in that curious side. It's not something I want necessarily, but I'd be curious to see how it could get made and if the story could be done justice with modern viewing standards. I'd be I'd be quite curious. Um, also, what inspired this a bit was uh, at, uh, partially this was inspired by doing research for that 19 uh, the 1916 Jersey Shore shark attacks. Uh, that'll probably be the next disaster episode I'm dropping. Um, but also uh, a series of uh, retrospectives done by a YouTuber named Leighton Eversall. Now, he has done a number of retrospectives, uh, stuff on a uh, number of horror franchises, including Halloween, Friday the, th uh, Friday the 13th, um, he's dabbled in some Star Wars ones, uh, but the ones I watched there fully, uh, were the ones he did on the three Jaws sequels, so kudos to him, they're excellently made, um, really well researched, and, and just an entertaining watch. I've got the link to his, uh, to his retrospective on, on Jaws 2 in the description, and I real, uh, when you click the name Late Never Saw, It'll take you to that video, and I'd recommend checking out his channel. Um, all right, so let's, uh, pun not intended, dive in. Uh, so, of course, we're starting off with Jaws 2. And I might eventually do a full episode on Jaws 2, just because I really dig the movie. I, I really do. It's a solid sequel. Not only is it borderline by default, the best of the Jaws sequels, but it's also just a really good sequel. Is it in the ballpark of the original one? No, not even. Of course not. Um, but is it a good movie? I'd argue yes. Um, now, it's not a perfect movie by any means. Uh, some stuff that happens is pretty dumb. <laughs> like, now, going from the first one where we barely saw the shark to Jaws 2, where we see the shark almost right off the bat, and we see it frequently, like, you understand why. It was because uh, the director, Gene Schwartz, was like, we can't, we can't recreate the shark popping out of the water from the first movie. We can't get that again. We know what this looks like, so let's just embrace it and roll with it. I can understand that logic. Um... Where I mentioned some of the stuff getting dumb, it, it can make sense in uh, in the movie. Uh, what, in particular, what I'm referring to is uh, early in the movie, uh, the shark takes out a water skier. That part was fine. Uh, the shot was dope. Um, but then it attacks the water skier's boat. 
very violently. <laughs> and um, the boat driver, the woman, while she's trying to defend herself from the shark, it's like she's going to hit it with she tr- uh, hit it with a thing full of uh, full of gas. Um, but the cap's off, so she ends up pouring gasoline all over herself. Then she throws the thing at the shark. Uh, but then, because the shark's still attacking, she grabs a flare gun. <laughs> she shoots the shark, and in the process, sets herself on fire. And then burns the the side of the shark's face, and it's like, oh, it's a scarred shark. It's a villain shark. Um, and then the the boat blows up. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty dumb. Not as dumb as it, it, it's dumb, but at least understandable. She's in panic. You don't think clearly while you're panicking. Yeah, it's dumb, but I can I can in a way justify it. There's a film later. I can't justify a damn thing in it. Not a single one. But we'll get there. Um, but aside from that kind of thing where it's a little bit dumb and there's conveniences, you're like, okay, they're going to be there because the movie's going to happen. Um, but it's, uh, they're, especially compared to later, they're they're harmless. They're not plot points. They're not anything like that. It's, it's, borderline nitpicky territory it's it's convenience but it's it's understandable um and as just as a movie i find it, it it's very watchable it's not trying to recreate the intensity of the first one it's a borderline slasher movie it's more of a horror than the uh than the original one was um and this time the shark's Primarily killing, like, surfing teenagers. When you watch the making of documentary, it makes sense. They're like, well, yeah, these are a bunch of island kids. Uh, they don't have car, car culture. They have sailing culture. Whatever. It works. It's a good flick. Um, it also had a dope score by John Williams. A fantastic score. Very different from the first one. Uh, if I'm going to compare it to work Williams did later, it's almost like going from the score from Jurassic Park to The Lost World. It'll have familiar themes, but it'll also get very different. Uh, fantastic work by John Williams. Also, it had a phenomenal performance uh, from Roy Scheider, returning as Chief Brody. Um, and his performance being so good is a testament to him as an actor, considering all the behind-the-scenes issues that were going on that we're, we're about to get into. So, uh, Scheider was pretty much forced into the role. He didn't want to come back. Um, but he was forced into it after walking away from the movie The Deer Hunter for what's only ever been described as creative differences. Uh, because of Jaws being so successful, he was locked in a contract with the studio Universal, um, and he still had two movies left on his contract. He really did not want to do this uh, do this movie, uh, but he was. They're like, no, you you, you you 
OS films on your contract. You just walked away from Deer Hunter. Like, no, you're going to do it. Um, he and eventual director uh, Gene Schwartz, they did not get along. They would frequently get into heated arguments. Uh, Scheider felt that the director wasn't willing to listen to his top actors, um, and he wanted to have some creative input, possibly so he would actually feel some enjoyment in being there and some ownership because he really didn't want to be there. But that never happened. Uh, at some point, the producers came in and eventually tried to mediate the situation between uh, Scheider and Schwartz, but the two broke out into a fist fight at that point, and they actually had to be pulled away. It's actually insane that the the film turned out as good as it did, and Scheider's performance was as good as it was um, when all that was going on. Like, dude didn't phone it in. And Scheider's character, like Brody in the film, is at points like paranoid, obsessive, and very like agitated and wary. And probably his behind-the-scenes experiences um, were informing that. And at one point, he tried to get fired from the film uh, by means of looking insane. And by doing that, he completely trashed his hotel room. Um, but he didn't get fired. Eventually, they, like, he and Schwartz were able to work together. They never became friends. And... After the movie, Scheider still, like, had delivered a letter being basically like, I think you're a dick. Um, and it was what it was, but his performance was was fantastic. Uh, Universal also counted Jaws 2 as the remaining films on his contract, so it was released. And then Scheider made sure he was never available <laughs> for further sequels. Uh, he specifically took a role in a different movie with an opposing studio so he would not be physically or legally available for Jaws 3. Um, Spielberg was, only, like, never really considered returning. He only briefly did, um, but that was after months of saying no and publicly shooting the idea down the ideas of sequels, saying, like, it's carny to do them. Um, and he felt he had made the definitive shark movie, which he did. Um, and it also later came out that Spielberg was on the verge of a nervous breakdown um, after shooting the original film, just due to how difficult that shoot was. Um, and maybe I'll touch on that a bit when I do, if I do a Jaws, uh, Jaws or Jaws 2 episode or Jaws and Jaws 2 episode. Uh, just because they had very troubled productions because salt water ain't, ain't good and the ocean is unpredictable to shoot on. Uh, and it, it by ain't good, I mean for a mechanical shark, <laughs> it was very, very difficult. I've even read things where some of the stuff he was experiencing later has legit been compared to post-traumatic stress. Um, just waking up in sweating nightmares just due to how crazy of a shoot it was. Um, which sounds ridiculous, but when you actually read and watch behind-the-scenes documentaries on it, you're like, okay, yeah, no, this isn't 
it's easy to be like scoff at and be like that's ridiculous but when you learn about it it it's nuts uh okay so this is where we're kind of into the unmade territory a little bit so jaws 2 actually had a couple different drafts um Originally, it was going to be a darker. There was a, a different director on first, and this was also um, the draft from him. So the original director was going to be John John Hancock, and it was a dark version of Jaws two. This one I'm probably most interested in. Um, so to set the scene, at this point, Amity is a basically a ghost town. Like Amity was a tourist, uh, summer tourist destination, and the shark attacks from in story four years earlier had a detrimental effect on the economy. This is a town that needs people here in the summer to fund the city for the rest of the year. And in the story from the book and stuff from the original film, the idea was even still, if it had been a successful summer, like three out of 10 families would still need to go on government assistance during those, those months without the tourists. Um, so because of the shark attacks over the last couple of years, they weren't getting that business. Uh, we'd be seeing scenes with stores closed, uh, stores closed, uh, all windows with shutters, um, shutters drawn, uh, crudely made for rent signs outside the the cabins and and homes and cottages. Um, this would have been a stark contrast to like the vibrant light colors and and happy mood we saw in the of the town in the original the original film. Um, this version of Jaws two would have also incorporated plots from the novel Jaws that never made it into the first film. Uh, such as the involvement of the mob, which was an active thing in the original novel, which actually explained why the mayor, Larry Vaughn, was so dead set on keeping the beaches open. It's because, no, we need those summer dollars to keep the town afloat. I took a loan from the mob and I got to pay that. Um, and then he dipped in the book. Um, so... In this, there would have been further mob involvement. Uh, they would have it would have been Larry Vaughn and this uh, the movie is Lester Peterson, um, who's opening a hotel. There was also talk of a casino. It would have been there to boost the revenue of the of the city. Um, but Brody would have been opposing to this. Um, as these locations would have been by the beaches, and there was evidence of further of another shark showing up. Um, there were other hints about Brody opposing this, but nothing. The frustrating thing with this, and why I can't make a full a made episode, is what's known about abandoned versions of Jaws are are very little. Um, like you can't find the full treatments online like you can with say alien or an, any number of the batmans or anything like that so it's little bits of uh, little little snippets and stuff just saying like brody opposes but not actually explaining the why um that would have been that could have been interesting uh spielberg after but uh the studio didn't like 
the dark take the director uh john hancock wanted to do so they they wanted something more in line with the original um so after a month they were like now you're gone um and then there was fielding for more ideas at some point uh, a proposed version of jaws 2 was going to be a sequel with brody's kids and uh Wint's previously unknown son showing up to claim the reward uh for hunting and killing the shark in jaws 1 um and then also assisting with hunting this uh this new shark this time also spielberg briefly did consider coming back uh to do jaws 2 just because of its troubled production he felt uh sense of responsibility to the franchise uh because of how successful it had been uh because jaws was the like it was the first movie that crossed a million dollars it was the first blockbuster um it it's jaws um but he was in production on close encounters of the third kind at that point and his idea was going to be very different from the anything pitched so far um he wanted to do a prequel focusing on young quint and the sinking of the uss indianapolis uh this is one i'm also very interested in as well um the studio didn't really want to do it um because of how different it was going to be as well as um as well as they didn't want to wait. They wanted to get the film out by 1978. Uh, Spielberg was like, I'm going to be working on Close Encounters for the bulk of this year. I won't be able to film this year. Like, I'll have to start filming in 78. And studio was like, no. So that didn't happen, and we eventually got the film that we got, which, like I said, not perfect, but to me, still really enjoyable. Let's come to Jaws 3. I really don't have much to say about Jaws 3, other than it's pretty bad. Like, it's not not horrible, but it's not good. I don't, I don't even think I'd say it's okay, but it's not, it's not offensively bad or frustratingly bad. It's on the low end of medium. <laughs> um in its defense it wanted it did try something a little bit different uh the setting was in sea world there was going to be two sharks this time um so we're getting away from the island we're now in a different spot uh they decided that brody's sons had to be uh in this movie so it was going to be um you had Michael and Sean. Sorry, I was blanking on their names for a second. When you watch the movie, you're like, it doesn't need to be them. It's just like, okay, we're just doing a sequel and it's got to be them. Oh, sorry. Here, let me hop back one second um, to Jaws 2. There was the novelization, um, which is fairly similar to the final film, but it also incorporated mob elements from the earlier draft and reference stuff from the original novel. And it also had chapters from the shark's POV. And in those in those chapters, we in fact we learned that the shark is is female and is in fact 
the mate of the shark from Jaws 1. Just was weird. All right, back to Jaws. <laughs> I really don't have much to say about it. Um, it's pretty bad. The 3D effects were all right for their time, but the transition for 2D only recently started looking good. Um, just because it was really designed for 3D and to lift with the 3D glasses. So in its 2D format, it, the images were blurry, uh, like the outer edges of the shots were blurry. There were blue outlines around everybody. And then when you got to stuff that was specifically there for 3D, you just get needlessly lingering shots that were there longer than they needed to be. Also, because they were supposed to be in 3D and then they were compositing in there, got some questionable shots. Um, can't attach it, but or I'll see if I can attach it. One in particular where the mama shark attacks uh, the big room and it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's just not good. Um, so the the movie did at least have a different setting. Um, we had two sharks this time. Now, early on, we had a baby shark, um, that was then put into captivity and promptly died. Uh, and then the second shark that showed up was the baby shark's mama. This one was the largest shark in the franchise at 35 feet. Um, there was no novelization, so the, the shark, uh, even in... It's like novelization Jaws universe has no familial connections whatsoever. Jaws 3, aka Jaws 3D, is just it's that. It's not terrible. It's not on the, the horrible version. It's not it's not like really, really bad. It's just it's mediocrely bad. Yeah. And fairly forgettable. If Jaws had ended there, though, it would have been all right. We'll get there in a second. We'll get there. Okay, so there was one different draft. So the original rights owners at this point wanted to do something very different. And a little film called Airplane had dropped three years prior. So the original draft for, uh, for Jaws 3 was going to be called Jaws 3, People Zero. And it was going to be a parody film. I'm kind of interested in this, I'm not going to lie. So, <clears throat> the premise was, there was a film crew trying to make a Jaws sequel. And the premise of Jaws in this is that the shark in this Jaws sequel was an alien. Um, but as the crew is doing this, they're being hunted by a great white. The movie was going to open it with Jaws novelist Peter Benchley being eaten by a shark in his swimming pool. There was also going to be a part for Spielberg. And the movie was also going to recreate of uh, feature a recreation of the bonfire beach party in the first shark attack, except it was instead of teens, it was going to be Hollywood executives. Um, there was also going to be a sequence where a shark was killed and gutted, much like in the first movie. Um, and the litany of items were going to be pulled out of its stomach, like the first movie. 
Um, and, but this time it would include a violin, a coat, and some marijuana. Studio did not like this direction. They thought it would kill the franchise. Um, whereas the rights owners were like, look, we've, we've basically done Jaws 1 again as Jaws 2. Like, people aren't going to want the same thing. Um, and parody films were starting to boom a bit. Jaws 3 People Zero was written by, I can't find, I couldn't find their names, uh, but National Lampoon's writers. Um, it could have been, it, it, it could have been enjoyable, much more enjoyable than Jaws 3. All, uh, the theatrical version. Also, little timbits, uh, tidbit of uh, Jaws 3, star Dennis Quaid, who played Michael Brody in the movie, admitted uh, that he was pretty much high on cocaine for every scene in the movie. And he's, he's fairly embarrassed about being in the movie. <sighs> All right. Now we come to the worst. And that's Jaws the Revenge. Um, seriously, I think if the franchise ended on Jaws 3, as bad as it was, it'd be like, all right, it lost its luster, but it would have been at least a borderline respectable ending point. I mean, you could always argue this should have, it was never intended to be a franchise. It, it, it shouldn't have been a franchise. Like, Jaws was the first blockbuster. Jaws 2 was pretty much the first Hollywood blockbuster sequel. It didn't need to be franchise. It, it, if it didn't end at one, it could have ended at two. <laughs> Would have been a good ending spot at two. Better at one, but a good ending spot at two. Get to three. Three's bad. But it could have still been, in comparison to Jaws the Revenge, it could have been at least a respectable ending point. I'll give it that. Because Jaws the Revenge is not only the worst of the Jaws sequels, it's one of the worst movies of all time. And I am not exaggerating. Um... The studio also did try to uh, offer Roy Scheider a cameo at the beginning of the film, and it would have been for his character to die. Um, they even tried to entice him. It's like, hey, we'll kill you off so we can never ask you to come back again. And of course he refused. <laughs> um, so uh, Scheider's character was killed off screen. In the movie, we find out he died from a heart attack. Um, but Ellen Brody, the main character of this movie, insists that it wasn't it, it was still the shark that killed him because it was his fear of the shark coming back uh, that caused the heart attack. It's really stupid. Um, but then, in my opinion, in the only good scene in the movie, they uh, the character instead of being Chief uh, Martin Brody to die was instead assigned to be his son, Sean. Um, who's killed? Uh, who's the first kill of the movie? And it's a, it's a, especially in this horrible movie, it's a pretty good scene. Uh, it's not nearly as good as anything in Jaws one or two, but it's, it's a pretty good scene. It terrified me as a child. I can't say that about anything else in Jaws, in Jaws three or four, except for this scene. Um, yeah. So at, at this point, I'm just gonna rip into the movie and i i want to do some 
Yeah, jokingly using uh, a phrase that my pal Nathan uh, from The Power Trip, Monster Island Film Vault, Henshamen, um, and Patron. Uh, Nathan's awesome. Um, but he'll, he'll do a thing when he's going to rip rip something. It'll be like, Rant Master Activated. And that's what I want to do right now. So, jokingly, Rant Master Activated. Uh, I can't talk about Jaws the Revenge without ranting. Because it's so, it is mind-bogglingly dumb. It's, it's really dumb. It's enragingly stupid. <laughs> I don't like using these terms. But they are apt. Uh, apt for this. So let me explain uh, the 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 stupidity. <laughs> okay, starting off with at the start, Sean's attacked by a shark. That's fine. Uh, but then um, Ellen is then terrified and feels the shark has a vendetta. Yes. The shark has murderous intent and is deliberately targeting her and her family. Heck, the tagline in this is, this time it's personal. Um, so her solution to this is to go to another island surrounded by water. Oh. I know what I'm going to do. I'm terrified that a shark is stalking me on my island location. I'm going to go to a different island. Not 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 going to a landmass, not going to a major city in the middle of a country away from any body of water. So, I'm going to go to another island surrounded by the ocean. Oh, okay. And then the shark, of course, follows Ellen, uh, who travels from an island in, in Massachusetts to an island in the Bahamas. And the shark gets there in less than three days. This distance is about 1,920 kilometers. Or if you're you're in the U.S., one thousand one hundred and ninety three miles. I'm not sure how that works out to Big Macs, but there we go. <laughs> um, a shark does this in less than three days. I I can't figure out the speed it would have to travel at to do that, but that's bonkers. Uh, the bonkersness continues. Ellen somehow has a psychic link to the shark. Uh, and then she has sapia-tinted flashbacks uh, to events that she never witnessed uh, from this film, including Sean's death. She has flashbacks. She, this is where the psychic link comes into play. She's somehow seen things from the shark's POV. Um, but then she also has flashbacks to events that she didn't witness from the first movie, including... <laughs> <laughs> Martin's killing shot of the shark in the first movie. Get back to that in a second. Um, the movie's also incredibly sloppy. Uh, at one point, Michael Caine's character, who flies a plane, 
lands to uh, save one of them. I can't remember. It's really stupid. And the shark attacks the plane, naturally. Which, fair enough. A shark took down a helicopter in Jaws 2. It worked better there. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can roll with it. Uh, but then uh, Michael Caine falls into the water, evades the shark, uh, and comes out completely dry, <laughs> even though he should be drenched. The shark also, this 20 or 25 foot great white, also somehow chases uh, Michael um, in the water through, uh, like, through some condensed tunnels and stuff. Again, because it's got a vendetta against this family. Um it also then pulls Michael's co-worker uh, bloodily under the water. And, like, it, you get the whole slow-mo yell. This is clearly a death scene. The amount of blood coming out as the body's dragged under and then the water, the blood bubbling in the water. You're like, this dude dead. Um, but then they decided in reshoots, like, no, nah, he's going to be fine. Uh, so he pops back up after the shark dies and i'll get to that in a second um with basically a couple just beyond a couple scratches like light wounds <laughs> and then okay so now we get to the shark's death preceding it like they're doing something to drive it wild i think they like tagged it with something and then we're doing high electricity pulses that like drove was driving the shark like nuts it was overwhelming it. The shark starts roaring, um, which sharks can't do because they have vocal cords. Because they don't have vocal cords. No, I just said they have, but I'm <laughs> I'm ranting about this movie. Sharks don't have vocal cords. They can't make noise. <laughs> Noises like they can't be they can't make noise from their mouths. They the this isn't doable. Uh, but nevertheless, the shark is roaring. It's also standing up on its tail coming out of the water, which sharks can't do. They can jump out of the water. They can breach, but they can't basically stand out of the water. And then as this is happening, uh, Ellen starts having sapia-tinted flashbacks to Martin killing the shark from the first one. Um... And then as it's the famous line of like, smile, you son of a, uh, Ellen rams the shark with the boat. She stabs it with the, the mass on the front of the boat. Now, there's two versions of this. The original one actually makes sense. The shark's stabbed and it bleeds and it, it, it dies and it pulls most of the ship under it, which makes sense. This is a very heavy, giant creature. Um, but the, uh, they, the studio felt like, hey, this isn't cinematic enough. So they reshot it where it was like, as you got the smile, you son of a, Ellen stabs it with the front of the boat. We see that. And then we get the flashback of the shark from Jaws 1 blowing up because it got shot while it had, it had an air tank in its mouth and Brody shot the air tank. So it makes sense that it would explode. Uh, but then. As, as the shark is getting stabbed by the boat, it then for no reason explodes. It blows up. And then the movie uses footage 
from the first movie, not in Sapia, uh, so it's not a flashback. They just recycle the footage of the body sinking from from the first movie. Just revenge is painful. Just what? At what? Who ever thought any of this was a good idea? Sorry. All right. So to finish it off, uh, especially because Luna's getting antsy, Luna the perfect, she's like, Papa, I want to go. I want to go. And you're just ranting about a bad movie, Papa. Yes, you're perfect, puppy. Um, all right. So there wasn't a novelization for for Jaws 3. There was for Jaws the Revenge. And the novelization at least somewhat tries to justify the behaviors. Uh, so we learn in the novelization that all the all the things happening are the result of a a voodoo witch doctor who had a feud with the Brody family. Um, they never really extrapolate on that. It's just like, uh, I was disrespected, uh, more or less, and he placed a curse on them. And then the case, uh, the curse on Brody and the bloodline came in the form of a shark. Um, so then this one in particular was like really, really aggressive with that. Uh, there are chapters from the shark's POV, um, which happened, I think, in the original Jaws novel. But especially, yeah, it did. Um, but it was treated more, uh, it wasn't like this, where it's the shark is sentient enough to be like, I don't get. It, it explains that it doesn't understand why it's doing what it's doing. Like it's counter to its instinct and why it's acting this way. And we also learn that this shark is in fact the offspring of the shark from Jaws 2, so also the shark from Jaws 1, uh, and that it was born right before its mother died in Jaws 2. What the hell is this? <laughs> yep, nope, Luna's wondering what this is too. All right, so I'll get in there because uh, Jaws hasn't uh, gone anywhere since. There's been some video games, um, Jaws Unleashed, which was not good. Um, and every once in a while, rumors will sur uh, resurface about um, a potential Jaws 5 um, or a prequel, which if they ever want, if they ever wanted to do a Jaws sequel or prequel, I'd say the prequel route is the way to go. There was a fan script that may gained a lot of traction about five, ten years ago. It was one of the first um, times I had ever gone searching for a script on the internet. It was going to be called Darkest Waters. Um, and Jaws the Revenge ignored um, Jaws 3 entirely, um, deliberately. It Heck, even in trailers for it, it was like, basically, the concluding chapter of the Jaws trilogy. Man, if you're going to do that, at least make sure it's better than the last one that came out. This was so much worse. Um, but the fan script was basically going to be a direct sequel to one, but still acknowledge that two happened. Like, But it was more so, it was going to bring back Hooper, 
Uh, it was more so it it placed a better uh, more of an emphasis on Jaws one, but acknowledged Jaws two. Um, so that one was I, I wish I could find it again because it was actually really good read. Um, but then of course there's been speculation on even as recently as like 2018, 2020, the idea of doing the prequel route with um like going looking at Quint on the Indianapolis. That's probably the way to go. Uh I've said I, I mean, in some ways I would have no problem if they ever did a Jaws 5, because it can't possibly get worse than Jaws 4. It really can't. Um Kevin Smith used to joke about like, yeah, no, I'll do Jaws 5 and I'll get Affleck as the shark. And then Mike and I would always love that idea. And we're like, yeah, no, just give him a set of fake teeth and like one of those rubber fins that people do as a prank, but have him act as a shark. It's stupid, but it, it would at least be entertaining and it would not be worse than Jaws 4. Um... So that was today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. I'd really recommend, um, if you're going to watch any of these, the only one to me worth watching is actually Jaws 2. It's not perfect, but it's an enjoyable sequel. It's a good sequel, even though it's not needed. Um, I wouldn't waste my time with any of the others. Instead, I'd recommend not wasting your time and use... Uh, use it instead of watching those movies to watch the late never saw retrospectives again link in uh, the link in the description when you click the name it'll take you to his Jaws 2 um, retrospective and then I'd recommend the other ones they go into some great detail and then also you don't have to suffer through actually watching um, or suffer is too harsh for Jaws 3 it's perfect for Jaws 4 all right. I hope you enjoyed my rant at the end there. It's a really terrible movie. There's been stand up about it. Um, but I will go to, I will always go to bat for Jaws 2. Like I said, I might eventually make an episode on it, uh, but probably tie it in with the first one. And it was nice to hop out of some of the serious stuff, uh, more serious stuff I've been researching and doing um, lately. All that being said, I hope you all are having a wonderful day. Stay safe. Take care, and God bless, my friends. Peace!